All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 19 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know, and we'll do our best to change that. You can support Versus Mike History by subscribing to one of our tiers on Patreon. And for any further information regarding the podcast, go to versusmikehistory.com. Supposed to tell you that I love you when I just really discover what love is Running away again, how the fuck I'm supposed to tell you that I need you I need a second to think but you dug in Running away again, how the fuck I'm supposed to tell you that I want you When all I know is I never wanted to end Running away again, how the fuck I'm supposed to tell you that I love you When I just really discover what love is Running away again, how the fuck I'm supposed to tell you that I love you And know I really fucking mean what I said You know I'm dealing with a million fucking things in my head you know I need you like the ad nigga breathe But instead of having my back You'd rather turn your back to me in the bed You know I Fuck it, I just need to unwind You know that I ain't trying to be the fucking reason you crying You know I'm working No, I got a lot of things on my mind You know that I want to be with you Yo, 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 yo like, We here, we here today me, You know who it is Your boy is here We got a lot to cover today A lot, ha- a lot has happened in this past week And we gonna get into that First and foremost um, the song that you just heard was How TF by Deontay Hitchcock Featuring Black He comes on later in the song I don't want to play the whole thing Because I don't want to get this Removed off of any platform that it's on But Welcome Here we are If you're listening to this It's the evening time Because it didn't rele- the episode didn't release During it's usual 7am premiere Um a lot happened on Sunday, which is when I usually record. When um, I was going to record, there was just a lot going on in the news, and I felt like it was best to kind of take that in and process it and get some rest and wake up on the day that I usually release the episode and record it just so I could have um, a little bit more of a refreshed take on everything that I had just taken in. Because, man, it's been a long-ass week. It's been a long week, man. But I kind of want to start with positive vibes first. I want to start with positive vibes before we get into everything. This week's episode won't run how it usually runs, where we break down everything by category. Um, I will still talk about Insecure, and I will cover Freddie Gibbs' album um, closer towards the end of the, the episode. But um, we got real shit to talk about today. But like I said, I want to start with positive vibes. So I wanted to make a shout to Danielle Gathers. Um, sophomore Danielle Gathers just made history after being elected as a student body president at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yes, that is MIT. The win makes her the first black woman to lead the undergraduate association. A mechanical engineer major, Gathers and her running mate, Yu Jin Chen, presented a well-balanced platform that focused on unity, equity and authenticity. So congratulations to that young woman. Uh, Shout out to black women in general. We appreciate y'all. We need y'all. And um, we love y'all. Well, at least I do. So um, shout out to them. Shout out to her. And we're going to keep it moving. 
Now, I definitely had a design of the week plan for this week, but after everything happened, it just doesn't really seem right. Kind of seems like tone deaf, and that's not the perception that I want to give with my brand or my platform. So uh, I'm going to bypass that in observance of the death of um, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others who have lost their lives to police brutality. Um, but just to backtrack a little bit, Sunday, this past Sunday marked the 99th anniversary of the Black Wall Street burn, uh, bombings, excuse me. And Black Wall Street was a neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma that, um, consisted of, you know, moderate to wealthy black Americans who uh, made a name for themselves, who made a life for themselves. And due to the dissatisfaction of, you know, their white counterparts, um, those those people decided to bomb that neighborhood. And all of the progress in that city was lost and none of it was regained and there was no justice for it. But we still remember And we still applaud those who made it that far in life. But um, it's a very traumatic memory in American history, you know, Um, and it's crazy because it wasn't it's not taught to us in school. Um, I didn't really know about it in depth until and I, I apologize, but. Not really even. I don't even apologize, but I didn't really even learn about it in depth until I was watching Watchmen because that's kind of what the storyline of that series was surrounded um, surrounded around. So I just feel away and um, I know you can probably hear it in my voice, but I'm going to keep it moving. But it's a, like, whew. I just got to I got to get through this episode. So I want to start with saying rest in peace to Brianna Taylor, because Brianna Taylor was a first responder um, who was killed in her home. And she was killed in her home because the police had a warrant for someone's arrest and they decided to barge in her home, even though they had the wrong home even though the person who they were looking for was already in custody and they busted in and they shot her and they killed her. And now her boyfriend who let off a warning shot because he thought there were home invaders in his home is in police custody. And I don't believe he has bail. Um, It's very frustrating. I have a lot of emotions built up right now. So I don't, you know, like, it's just like, it's a lot going on in the country right now, you know, because of the George Floyd thing and because of George Floyd murder, excuse me. Um, But, you know, this stuff happens all the time and it happens everywhere. And... Uh, I wanted to start with Breonna Taylor because this past week, 
we've all been focused on George Floyd and this all of this stuff with Breonna Taylor happened as well. And it's not getting as much recognition and black women stand for us on the front line consistently. They help us consistently. They are the backbone to the black community. Their stories are just as important, if not more important than ours. And they deserve the coverage that black men have access to um, in the news right now and on social media. So I wanted to lead with that bit of news. And I'm going to put a bunch of links to where you can donate to um, helping her family move forward with uh, everything that they're dealing with right now. So that'll be in the description for the podcast. Um, I also want to say rest in peace to David McCatty, who was a who owned a barbecue restaurant um, in what city? In Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he was killed during a protest uh, for George Floyd. He was unarmed. And he would give free meals to the police in his restaurant. And um, it's actually disgusting because after he was killed, his body was left on the street for 13 hours. So it just goes to show how much value a black life has in this country. And I don't know too much about that one. But um, like I said, I'm going to do some research and... The link for the link to help his family will be in the description of this podcast as well. And uh, last but not least, uh, George Floyd. So about a week ago, <clears throat> the video footage of the murder of George Floyd surfaced on social media and it showed three officers pinning him down in uh, a fourth watching over while civilians sat and watched him lose his life and recorded the incident. Uh, he can, he told the officers multiple times that he couldn't breathe to let him up. And the main officer who did the choking or the, the asphyxiation, uh, David Chauvin just sat there and had his hands in his pocket and just kept his knee on his neck for about eight minutes as he lost his life. And um, I didn't watch the video. I didn't watch. I didn't see it. I, didn't, I refused to watch the whole thing. But I saw clips and I, I saw him begging for his life. And I saw the officer's disregard on his face. Um, information came out after everything started to happen that this officer, David Chauvin, had about 17 prior incidents of misconduct that went unchecked that led up to this moment. Um, all officers involved were fired. Um, but David Chauvin was the only officer who was actually charged and he was charged with third degree murder and manslaughter, which obviously is bullshit if you've seen the video uh 
it's really fucked up. Everything is all fucked up. Um, people have been protesting since. Uh, America's burning right now, rightfully so. And um, I really can't even put into words how I'm feeling because this kind of thing happens a lot. It's regular in America. It was happening before I was born. It was happening before there were cameras on cell phones. And now I'm an adult and we have smartphones that have the ability to access the history of the world and all the information that comes with it. And we are still living in a reality where a police officer can kill a black human being with no punishment, basically. And you can say, well, he got fired from his job. Well, he was charged with third degree man. Uh, he was charged with third degree murder and manslaughter. But we've seen this story. We've seen this story happen over and over and over again. I've protested for stuff like this more than once. Like this past weekend wasn't the first time that I stepped outside for a protest of someone being killed. But here we are, and I just named three people off the top of my head for this podcast. Um, I mean, like, people are protesting right now everywhere. It's happening in L.A., it's happening in Newark, it's happening in Atlanta. People are protesting, and rightfully so. People are looting, people are rioting. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, this is America's reckoning. This is America's karma. Things have to change. Um, I can't believe that there is no system set up to stop this from happening again. Like, how many times does it have to happen? Like, do does the system truly believe that we one day will just not care when things like this happen. Do they think that one day we will wake up and think that this is normal again? Because it's not. And civil rights movement was 60, 70 years ago. And people are protesting and the police are meeting it with violence People, they're they're setting bricks out so people can grab them and throw them into businesses. They are setting their own police cars on fire. They're shooting rubber bullets directly at civilians that aren't even really rubber because rubber bullets are steel at their core. They're just covered in rubber. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why our system treats us this way. But what I do understand is that the reaction to it is justified. And you cannot tell me otherwise. And I don't understand how you could feel otherwise. I don't understand how you could see and get killed on camera having his having a knee on his neck for eight minutes. And these people go around the country met with violence and wonder why people behave the way they do. Now, I'm not condoning looting. 
but I understand it. I'm not condoning rioting, but I understand it. I understand that emotions make people act out of character sometimes. I understand when injustice goes unchecked, is met with injustice sometimes. So what do we solve first? You can't say that people shouldn't be looting when black people shouldn't be getting killed by the police. Is the lack of looting and rioting going to stop black people getting killed by the police? No. Will has rioting and looting brought the awareness of police killing to every home in America? Yes. So that's what people will continue to do. And the story with David McAtee is is fresh. I don't know too much information about it. I wish I did, but so much is happening. Um, but it's like to know that this man was a business owner. Uh, they said that the, what I've read, I don't have all my facts in order, but basically what I read on social media was that they were protesting in Louisville and he was outside of his business. And I don't know how it escalated to that point, but he was shot up by the police and this black man has a business and he's feeding the police free of charge. Some people know that in that department, they know that he feeds the police. They know that they can go there for a free meal. They know that he cares about the people who are hired to serve the serve and protect the community, but don't actually do it. And he feeds them anyway as a black man and, and and what happens his body is left out on the street for 13 hours where's the justice in that where's the morality in that there is none um it's embarrassing as an american that i have to use my platform to talk about this that i have to divert from my normal life to bring awareness to such atrocities. Like that's how it feels. I feel like I feel like a victim to a war crime. Um and uh I don't know what's gonna what it's gonna take to for there to be change, but I love seeing my people out in the streets fighting and protesting. I would implore you to get out there if you can. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Um, and don't incite violence. But if you're met with violence, don't turn the other cheek. Because that's not going to solve anything. Hmm. Where are we? Sorry. I just... It's... Okay. Oh, and celebrity voices. Oh, don't get me started. I don't know what celebrities, I don't know what's in the water of these celebrities. I mean, I don't know what's in the water that these celebrities are drinking. I don't get it. I don't understand why they're saying the things that they're saying. Virgil Abloh, you're an idiot. You're ignorant. 
You're a coon. You donated $50 to the cause. You're a black man with a very, very, very popular streetwear brand, high fashion brand, and you represent one of the most lucrative um, luxury brands in the world. And you're worried about your friends, your white friends business being looted at this time. And you haven't said anything about George Floyd. And then you donate $50 and you say, match my match my donation. I donated $50. The fuck is going on? You have millions of dollars. I'm not trying to pocket watch you. I don't care how much money you make, but I know you make a lot of it. And you need to donate to this cause. And if you felt like it wasn't in you to say anything, you should have left it at that. We would have still killed you for not saying anything, but it would have been better for you to it would have been better than you speaking up for your white friend, your white friend's business that he barely gives a fuck about. To speak on how the culture and the community and streetwear, like my nigga, there are bigger things than clothes, T-shirts, rugs, skateboards, my nigga, like sneakers. Who cares? Those things can be replaced. That's what factories are for. Most of these things are already being made out the country in sweatshops by underprivileged communities around the world, like Vietnam. And you want to talk about fucking t-shirts, my nigga. You want to donate $50, my nigga. No, that's not, that shit is not cool. I'm not, I'm not rocking with that. You have a big platform. So many people, so many people wear your clothes in the black community. So many people have brought you to the level that you're at. So many black people. White people didn't make your brand popular. I don't understand. I don't get it. Who else? Excuse me. Who else? T.I. Oh, man. Y'all can't do that in Atlanta. Atlanta is Wakanda. Wakanda? Bro, Atlanta is not Wakanda. Wakanda is fictional. Atlanta is Atlanta. It's a black Mecca. Yes. But you're going to tell your people to be docile, to not be angry, to not show frustration, to not meet violence with violence when the police are bringing that to them. I don't care how many black businesses are in Atlanta. The violent, the, the anger needs to show. The system needs to be disrupted. Like, rich niggas got it fucked up. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what nobody say. This is my platform. I'm going to use it to say what I need to say. Who else? Um, Shameek Moore. Bro. Come on. Come on, bro. You ignorant. You said, oh, this is a conversation that I should have had with an OG. Absolutely. I'm not going to kill you too much because you, you my age. You have room to grow. And I can tell that 
where you spoke was from a space of ignorance. But what you said, you shouldn't have said that. It wasn't necessary. We didn't, we wasn't looking for it from you, especially. So continue being Spider-Man, my nigga. Congratulations. But this, this ain't that for you. Sorry. LL Cool J. I wonder how the biracial kids feel right now. My nigga, you mean the black kids? Like, what are you talking about? You spoke about police brutality early in your career. What are you talking about? Are you too rich to not see what's going on? See, what happens is these black people come from impoverished neighborhoods. They get rich. They open a bunch of businesses. You know, the the popular thing in the black community right now, and not to say that it shouldn't be popular, but the black popular thing in the black community right, right now is financial freedom and learning about wealth. And, that sh- and it should be. But what gets convoluted and mixed up in these types of conversations is that you still need to give back to your community. You still have that moral right. You don't just accumulate wealth, leave the neighborhood, and what? Assimilate to the system that brought us down in the first place? No. Hell no. Be honest, um, the list goes on and on, and I'm quite embarrassed at how many people have horrible takes, and I don't want to spend my time putting these people uh, on a platform, on my platform, and shaming them. So I'll keep it moving. Uh, but you niggas should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. You niggas should be ashamed of yourselves. Um, I'll move on to the police. The police, you know, they're manipul- they're manipulating everything that's happening around the country right now. I honestly believe that there would be more peaceful protests if um, these protests weren't met with such violence. I've seen multiple videos of peaceful protesters being arrested for no reason. Peaceful protesters being pushed to the floor. Peaceful protesters being shot. No violence in the video at all. Nobody's attacking the police. Nobody's has their hands on the police. Nobody's touching police property. It's crazy that the New York P- Police Department could drive trucks through a crowd and nobody gets punished for that. You can just mace a group of people for no reason, just driving by. You you see a group of you you guys are walking through the streets, through the middle of the streets. And the people on the side who may be a little close to you, not touching you, you just push them to the ground. You guys plant piles of bricks around the city so that looters can go around and bust these stores up. And now you have a reason to meet looting with violence. Y'all are dumping the protesters resources out. I see, I saw a video of a group of officers dumping out 
um, a case of water bottle by bottle. What reason is that? What reason would any police officer have to do that? That makes zero sense. What else? Um, and then arrests, even during the protest. I saw a black woman and a white woman fighting. Two police officers came over, broke up the fight, let the white girl go. She walked away. And yet the black girl is still on the ground. And now she's being arrested. It's crazy. It's actual madness. It's actual proof behind everything that these protesters are out there protesting about. And yet people still create excuses as to why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And they act as if when this isn't happening, that everything is okay. Everything is not okay. That's why things have gotten to this point. People are so blind or so dense or so ignorant to everything that's going on in this country. And it's about time that you see people for their true nature. Like, it is what it is. So many people have said so many ignorant things just this past weekend, not even throughout the week. Like, it's crazy. Um, hmm. What else? Um, where are we at with time? Okay, I guess I'll talk about I'll talk about some stuff real quick. So Freddie Gribbs and Alchemist released a project called Alfredo. And it's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten songs. Straight heat. Back to back. Um some san- some standouts from the project. I would say Scotty Beam, Frank Lucas, something to rap about, Babies and Fools, Skinny Shug. That's like half the project. These two guys, they fit. They make it work. I don't know what it is about these two guys, but who the raps, the raps is ill. And he got um, Conway on the album. You got Benny Butcher on the album, Benny the Butcher. He has Tyler the Creator on the album. And um, I think there was one other feature. Nope, that was it. Oh, no. And Rick Ross on Scotty Beam, excuse me. Uh, Shit, yo. Album is fire. Like, it's, it's for real hip-hop heads. I hate when people say that, but that's just the reality of... That's just the reality of the situation. It's for real hip hop heads. And if you're not a quote unquote real hip hop head and you fuck with it, then congratulations to you. Um, Yeah, Freddie's dope. Alchemist is fire. Their, uh, Alchemist's output in this past, like, is, is just insane. Like, I don't, I can't even, I can't even really even explain how crazy it is in words, but that guy's on a roll. Freddie's raps is fire. Uh, you know, this is a um Griselda Stan account. <laughs> and um I've been rocking with Tyler since Bastard. So I mean, all around, I fuck with the project. 
And I'll close out with a little bit of Insecure. So Insecure was really, 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 really good. Um, Overall, this season has been like outstanding. This is probably the best season maybe by far. Like the quality of the show has risen by a lot. Um, The storylines are fleshed out. And I think that what makes this season a bit different from the others is um, the story is a little bit more concise. So uh, the first half of the season is focused on the block party, but we also have the backdrop of Molly and Issa falling out. And the second half of the season sort of makes the Molly and East situation um, a focal point. So we get the buildup of Molly and Issa not being friends anymore in the first half of the season um, with the focal point of the black party. And then we, we, we shift gears. But this episode is the date episode. Issa and Lawrence are going out on a date and um, Lawrence is finally telling her what he was trying to tell her um, a couple episodes ago. They meet in this noisy-ass restaurant. Uh, I believe it's like Lizzo night at the bar, and uh, it just doesn't go well. Issa falls on her face as soon as she enters the bar. And then while they're discussing, um, they didn't even really get to discuss anything, but some guy just basically walks in, up in between them to go to the bar to order a drink and then they leave. Uh, they go to another restaurant uh, that's much quieter and they basically just catch up and they talk about how successful Lawrence has become at this point. They talk about how uh, they talk about how um, their relationship went and what went wrong and how they finally how they really felt about situations specifically how Lawrence felt about Daniel why Daniel was a very pertinent question um Issa said you know he just came popped up at the right time where I guess Lawrence felt insecure that she he was the perfect person to replace him and you know she was Uh, adamant that that wasn't the case and Issa asked him you know did you actually buy a ring and uh Lauren says yes he actually I actually bought a ring I saw a life with us I saw a life with us and we went ring shopping so why wouldn't I buy a ring and it's a very emotional episode because the communication is clear it's crisp uh Lauren says you know I don't want to walk on eggshells. We've known each other for too long, which is that's like one of my lines because I, I hate awkward beats and conversations with people who I've known for a long time. It's like, yo, we know each other. Like, why? Why are we playing this awkward game? We don't need to be doing this. So they finish up with dinner. Issa orders a bunch of shit because Lawrence got money. Lawrence talks about how he went to San Francisco for an interview, and how he, you know, he's thinking about different things and. Um, 
as they're leaving the restaurant, Issa runs in the TS. Well, Issa and Lawrence run in the TSA bay, and it's pretty hilarious because uh, they're both on dates. So he's he's going on some date with some girl named Mazda, which is funny as hell. And, you know, he's just, you know, being himself, which I guess is embarrassing for Issa and Lawrence uh, play uh, messes with her a little bit uh, because of it. And then they go to the art walk and they have this whole discussion about how they have this whole discussion of happiness and what does happiness mean to them and if they're happy. And it seems as though they're both in very good places. Issa just had the black party. It went well for the most part. And now she's trying to figure out how to put together more events for black people in her neighborhood. Lawrence is doing really well at his job, even though they downsized. Um, and he's realizing that he doesn't want to be the leader or the ideas guy. He wants to be the person who helps execute the leader's vision which is dope and it shows growth for him because in the first season of insecure you see him trying to be like oh i'm be i want to be this tech ceo and yada 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 and he said that's just what i felt like i had to be because he didn't have anything and that was like such a real moment at least to me because um i feel like a lot of us have a lot of us us being black men have been in Lawrence's position where, you know, we weren't in the best position and we were dealing with someone who, you know, had their shit together at least more than we did. And we didn't want to be away from them or necessarily not be with them, but we also had to get our shit together and it, and it affected the relationship. So I get it when he said, you know, he felt like he needed to be a leader because he didn't have a job and he know he, he knew he had these ideas that would work and he thought that they would work within his own system when really they worked best within other people's system. Um the that the episode ends with Lawrence buying a piece of art uh from the art walk that we don't get to see. Um ironically and Issa buys a shirt. So they take an Uber home and Lawrence tells Issa that he doesn't live far from her. And um, once they get to Lawrence's house, Issa's like, oh, well, this looks this actually looks like an adult house. And Lawrence is like, tells the uh, the lift, like, yo, wait five minutes. I'm going to go show her how dope my crib is. So they go into the crib and uh, basically he's showing her how it is and she's impressed and everything and um then Lawrence gets a call from Condola because she's been contacting him the whole night and uh after he gets off the phone he realizes that Issa was listening because he has stepped out for a second and as Issa's about to leave his apartment because she was a little disappointed that he was going to meet up with Condola she basically says like yo i'm not ready for the night to end like i had a great day um and lauren says i was happy and Issa says you make me happy and then they get it popping so and that's basically how the episode ends 
Um, the next she wakes up the next morning and she walks home. But like, I guess it's made the episode was made to end as if they were going to get together or be together again. But I don't necessarily think that that's how the show is going to go. Just because the show has definitely done done misdirection in the past, uh, especially in the first season where, you know, they do the whole flash forward of Issa and Lawrence uh, having a whole family and stuff like that. And then it flashes back to Issa and her apartment by herself. But it was a really good episode. It was very fan- It was fantastic. And Natasha, I can't remember her last name, but she plays Kelly on the series. She wrote the episode. Um, and I believe she directed it too, but I might be wrong on that. So shout out to her. And yeah, Insecure was dope. Insecure has been dope for the past couple episodes. So um, I'm excited to see these next two episodes because Molly and Issa finally confront each other. Uh, and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up here. That's all I got. I can't really... I don't really have the energy to talk about too much, too too much other stuff, but um, we'll kind of sort of get back to um, regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot going on in America right now. Be sure to stay aware of everything that's going on and stay safe. Make sure you're social distancing as well. Make sure you're still wearing masks, um, gloves if you want to, uh, wash your hands, all of that. The pandemic is still going on, regardless of the protests. Um, That's a real reality that we're living with. So make sure you're being healthy, you're staying safe, and you're doing everything you need to do to make yourself a better you. Um, Send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions to the podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at vs mike history and we're on instagram at verse three you can follow me on twitter at mike history and on instagram at last name history and as always everything versus mike history related is going to be at versus mike history.com we got some fun stuff lined up for june look out for it and yeah that's it so Till next time, family. Peace.